Synthaholics. Discovery of malaise. <laughs> General malaise. All the lays? Lays chips? <laughs> Alright, here we go. Welcome to Synthaholics. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today you have myself, Aaron O'Brien, and David Duncan. What's up, Dave? Hey, how's it going? We got our wish, Good. kind of. <laughs> Our wish has been granted, but not the way we wanted it. We got we got monkey's pod. We do. We got monkey's pod. Um, that's right. Uh, today, uh, everyone, we are talking about the Discovery Star Trek Discovery episode, The Sanctuary. It is season three, episode eight, first premiered December third, twenty twenty, and directed by Jonathan Franks, Riker himself. Dave, non-spoiler, real quick thoughts about this episode without getting into too many details I, like i said up top just a second ago that uh, we got our wish we got the ensemble episode uh, we did get it it wasn't all about michael burnham finally which was definitely a breath of fresh air but at the same time i think star trek discovery is doing the picard where it's trying to bite off more than it can chew like this episode had like an a plot a b plot a c plot and like a d plot like yeah, there's a lot going I, on. They're, I think they're trying to do too much, especially since like the we're like past the halfway point now. The season mm-hmm. should be starting to like come to a head, and they're just introducing all this new stuff in like the final act of the season, basically, or get we're getting toward the final act of the season, and they're just introducing all this extra stuff. And I'm like, why, 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 why aren't we focusing on the threads that we've got? Why are we adding all these new threads? So. It's it's a it's an episode's a bit of a mixed bag. There's some really great sequences in it, some character development finally for some of the other characters, but it's just kind of all over the place. Uh, how about you, Aaron? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it does seem like Discovery and Picard both did this. Like when we were getting close to finding out what the burn is about, and and in this episode we get into it some more, but it's like a side plot story. And uh, they do this a lot. They just sort of like, oh, here's just something else that crazy happened. And I, I know there there's a little bit of a reason for this in which we can get into it, which I think they're introducing uh, the big bad of uh, this season of Discovery finally. And maybe it'll be recurring, too. Maybe we'll see this character over and over again in the next seasons to come, like season four. But um, it just – it fell a little flat for me. It just – there were some interesting parts and even a couple funny parts, but not anything to make me go like, wow, this is great. So, and like I said, the last two episodes, I loved the last two episodes. I loved, uh, the, uh, visit to Vulcan or, uh, Navarre. Yeah. And, and I loved the, uh, scrap planet, uh, the, the junkyard planet that they went to that, that adventure sequence. Those were fun. This one, uh, didn't do a lot for me, and uh, I'll get into reasons too. I thought it fell a little flat as well. So, okay, yeah, it's I don't know. It's just um, I I, I just think it. I agree. It does feel like it fell a little flat, and they're trying to do too too much with too little too too few episodes. Yeah. 
Well, uh, let's get into full spoilers, Dave. Uh, we're going to start off in Discovery, and we get Philippa, Giorgio, and Culber, and they're trying to figure out why she's having these blackouts and why she's what's going on with a broke brain. And she's basically uh, infected with rage. <laughs> kind of- like, I mean, she's being so much more belligerent than normal, which is like... She hates doctors, apparently. She hates going to the doctor. I, I, I guess. She hates it more than regular humans do, I guess. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like, fuck you, cover! Apparently, uh, uh, Terran emperors are like ancient freaking egyptian pharaohs they just bury all their cabinet with them and stuff including the doctors i don't know i mean that was fine i'm still alive that Get was fine i can see the emperor uh, terran emperors doing that but everything else she says pretty much for the rest of her time on screen is just like Giorgio belligerent like times 10 i'm just like come on uh and then we get into uh, apparently book is in tr- oh, gets a message from ho- his home and his brother uh Kahim is uh basically like puts out a message that I need your help I'm in trouble I don't know about USA <laughs> uh so the emerald chain is uh going to have uh, they're having problems with the emerald tra- chain and uh this bad guy that we got mentioned to uh a couple episodes back Osira so and uh, I guess uh, Kaheem's been dealing uh, with them for about 15 years, and they need to go and he needs to go to help help them out. And um, it's a long ride at warp, so they're like, let's call, let's talk to the admiral and see maybe he'll let us do it. And the admiral's like, nah, I don't really want to send Discovery. And it's like, what if we just watch what happens and we don't actually do anything what if we be... and it's like that sounds like a that seems like a starfleet thing to do <laughs> again why aren't they retrofitting the spore drive why haven't they taken the i don't spore know maybe drive they're and... trying to recreate it i mean maybe there's a lot more to i mean i'm sure it's not something you just like throw into a ship you know? it's something they can throw into their freaking you know um uh com badge personal sure. spore drive like we thought about with section 31 Basically, what about or, the spirit data? Doesn't that give them anything? Yeah, I mean, come doesn't on. that give them up? Give them, give them like a, a like a a leg up in the universe. And the ship hasn't talked like with her sphere sphere data voice again since the the watch the movie episode. Yeah, what about it? Oh, just it hasn't spoken again. Like we haven't gotten the sphere data. Like yeah, they, the, they just keep forgetting yeah, about yeah. everything. Like like the sphere data. Like why aren't they mining the sphere data? Why aren't they? building in the three weeks or however long it was they took to refit discovery if that's like Giorgio's beginning of her spells like if it took them three weeks to refit discovery why weren't they like analyzing the spore drive and starting to it doesn't they, they haven't even made a line saying oh we're starting to integrate it but until we do we gotta keep discovery safe it's just like we gotta keep discovery safe at all costs because we can't replicate I, and no it would have been nice if they just said hey we're studying your drive and trying to deconstruct or re- or, or duplicate it but it could take you know like weeks months or whatever it just a throwaway line would be like okay we know they're at least working on it but they just um, keep acting like Discovery's the only ship that can do anything. I'm just like, why aren't they rebuilding Starfleet with this great technology? They're just like, no, we're just going to take Discovery, give it some new technology. We're not going to put Discovery technology in anything else. Like, why? And they also haven't brought up the non-human interface again since you know, four or five episodes ago. Yeah. It's like, why bring this stuff up and then like just drop it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 
Um, so uh, Admiral Vance kind of goes through this whole thing, what happened to Books Planet. Uh, Books Planet's called uh, Quijens. Uh, one of its moon's orbits were kind of moved uh, during that the burn. And because of that, these things called sea locusts uh, came out of the ocean and started eating uh, all their food and pe- leaving people to starve. So they have like this base, basically this locust, you know, affliction on the planet. And so the Emerald Chain says we have this repellent that will push the locusts out back in the sea, but you have to give us your tasty transworms in exchange. And so that's what that's where we get this whole thing where you know book was like I gotta save the transworms. Oh yes, all the transworms. Yeah, so yeah, Vingus doesn't want to send Discovery, but then he's like, "Okay, if you just watch, and if there's any danger, get the hell out of there." So, yeah. So, anyways, then we're back on the uh, scrapyard planet, and we see uh, the uh, Orion kid that works for Osira that Giorgio and uh, Michael Burnham had defeated when they did their big escape, and we see Osira basically kill him put him in a cage and have one of these transworms just eat him so so for, he, for his failure. he escaped the ship falling on him only to be eaten by a transworm and how come the so transworm good. that ate michael burnham didn't throw her arms and legs off like this poor little orion guy i know right yeah i mean yeah his legs his, yeah think i saw limbs go flying yeah all his <laughs> limbs would flying and michael burnham just was like no i'm not gonna lose my limbs it's mm-hmm. fine yeah, she, she knew she knew to tuck him in so <laughs> Tuck and roll, tuck and do, roll. Do the tuck, do the tuck. So, and then we have, uh, next thing we have Saru uh, talking with Tilly about all the ship's businesses and everything that's going on. And then uh, we find out that he's trying to figure out his little catchphrase to when uh, to when go they go into a, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, there's execute, there's hit it and manifest. It's like, nobody likes manifest. No one likes any of the ones he delivered this episode. They were all pretty bad. I liked when he said execute. I thought it was all right. I know everyone was kind of looking around, but it was like execute. That seems like a Saru thing to say. Yeah, fear me. (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, the guy from Excelsior said execute. Yeah. And then we have a scene with Stamets and uh, Adira, and they're uh, analyzing data uh, for the... um, SB19 data and all the black boxes, and they basically brought it down to this nebula, the Verubin nebula. And there's this uh, radiation and electromagnetic fields, and it's letting out this song. And we've heard this song before. It's a lullaby that everyone seems to be singing or playing, right? And it's a stress signal. Oh, and, and a distress signal in the background for some reason. So it, it is a distress signal that we're seeing, and it's through uh, a Federation distress signal that uh, they have to figure out. To me, this was uh, the most interesting part of the episode. Then it we, was. I was like, "Can we just continue with this? Because this is what I want to find out." And then they so, just then we don't hear about anything about this for the rest of the episode. I'm like, "What? Um, this was the best and then part." We also, and then we also get the whole thing with uh, Adira addressing. Her not liking calling she or her, and that she wants to be called they them. So um, I feel like it's a little bit that of was a cop out at this point. Now that she's joined with the trill, or they are joined with the trill, like and because it's, of the it's a little different. Because yeah. of course she's they them because she's she's, she's so uh, many people multiple. now. I, um, I I feel like the representation thing just kind of falls flat a little bit. Like she should have mentioned this 
or they should have mentioned this the first time they were on screen and referred to as she, because she's been referred to as she for uh, every single episode they've been yeah, in. Yeah, but she, I'm actually sorry, they uh, felt like uh, it was a, that it never fit her, or fit them. See, I'm even having trouble. I'm I mean, an old, it's, I'm an old it's just, guy. it's I, just, I, I, yeah. I, the thing is, I'm an old dog, and old dogs are hard to learn new tricks, but I still respect it. So if I, if I mess this up, it's not because I'm disrespectful. I'm just trying to uh, correct my patterns of thinking. Uh, and but then she also tells tells him that uh, uh, tells Stamets that Gray is not around anymore. Isn't he's kind of like avoiding Adira? So. I mean, they never explained why he was around anyway, so it just seems <laughs> it just seems like well, it seemed like they they had a thing going and they liked being with each other and like you know it was something to comfort Adira. Uh, well, no, but I mean, we've got no everything. history of anything like this happening with Trill before. But we've never had a Trill. I mean, a human. Uh, version of this. I mean, we've seen it once before in Next Gen, right? Um, but Ooh. we've never. But that was only temporary. But I mean, the closest thing we had was like Jadzia having all the um, all her friends take on one of the hosts. But what uh-huh. happened with Adira is completely different. Yeah, like, I know, I know, I know. with the gray being around, so we never really got an explanation as to why that was a thing. And then was Jadzia the one you're thinking about the the killer one? There was a killer or something inside of her. There was like a it was a murder mystery one. Oh, for that was um, that was Ezri, but uh, oh, was it? Yeah, that was Ezri. Uh, Jadzia, I think she had the episode where they had um, one of the female hosts being Quark, and and uh, Curzon was an Odo, and all this stuff like that. Uh, so oh, so really? she could she could implant past hosts into other people so she could talk with them like person to person. The thing with Gray is completely new for Star Trek. We never got an explanation as to why it happened. And so now that it's not happening, it seems like it's just she's Adira's just being like a trill now, just experiencing the host a little bit different every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, you know, how trills would. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I assumed when we saw Gray show show up, it was a uh, a vehicle for storytelling of like Adira talking to the the the, the Trill symbiont in the memories attached to it, you know. But I don't know, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I just I, like uh, just a visual representation. I mean, obviously, when Stamets sits down next to Adira at the in the in the mess hall, that Gray's not actually there. But to Adira, Gray's there. Yeah, uh, of course. And, and now Gray doesn't appear that way to Adira anymore. So I don't know. I just, maybe just their closeness kept him around for a while, and then just kind of assimilates into Adira as time goes on and. Adira's not going to see Gray like that anymore, just because that's how trills tend tend to work. Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, Gray's like, "Hey, uh, I got you through the, this this part of the hard part of like adjusting to having the symbiont in you. Now you can kind of make your own way." I got you adopted parents. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, because I mean, uh, this is very much how the episode plays. That Adira is basically becoming. Stamets the Wesley and, Crusher, the Wesley oh, Crusher of the yeah, Adira's basically Wesley Crusher, but at the same time, Adira, oh, she's he, they are becoming 
uh, Stamets and Culber's kind of pseudo adopted daughter, just the way like the scene later on plays, puts the coat yeah. over. You know, uh, Culber's like, "Oh, pride suits you well." Like, like Stamets is becoming a proud pseudo adopted father of Adira. That's kind of yeah. how. That's kind of how the scene felt to me. It does, yeah. It it definitely feels like they're kind of like watching over, you know, or them. So it's just easier to say right. say the person's name. I just find it very hard to refer to a single person as them. They I, because I, just, I know I, but I gotta. Get I mean, used to we it. we say they all the time, and when we say they them all the time, we usually refer to like big entities, like corporations and like multi person things. It just but seems... I'm trying to be respectful, Dave. I'm trying to respect new cultures, and it just it's <laughs> strange not, it's, new worlds. This is this is this is um, the pronoun thing. Is what you know? Maybe five years uh, into my recollection, something coming up. So this is a, this is like not something I deal with on a daily basis. I no. I have. I have had uh, a friend uh, that moved away, a person that transitioned, and. You know, great friend, actually. A lot of fun. A lot of fun to be around. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't... They never asked me to address me in different pronouns before. So... Yeah. So, but, I mean, it's just one of those things. Just, it's sometimes you just got to get used to things changing, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how it goes. Uh, moving on, uh, we get uh, Burnham and Book are, you know talking about going to the planet and how book wished that uh, Burnham could see the planet the way it used to be. And, uh, she's just happy to see her fan, uh, what, uh, what books family's like. And he's like, I ah, don't get too excited. And so, uh, they, they are basically, uh, beaming down to this, uh, to the planet and they're going to get to this place where it's like shielded from There is like planetary shields that, uh, you can't beam in or out. So you can beam down and walk into it, I guess, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's the plan is. So Burnham and Book are going to, uh, leaving Discovery, and the rest of the crew is going to just wait up on, uh, you know, in orbit and make sure that the Emerald Chain doesn't show up. And but unfortunately, that's not what happens because uh, we get uh, Osiris ships coming. So dun dun dun! It's heavily armed. Uh, Giorgio is getting more work done uh, with the uh, Culber, and she she calls herself a human spermazoa in her white suit. <laughs> I'm a spermy, 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 spermy. She looked good. She looked good. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how old uh, the the actor is, Michelle Yao. Michelle Yao. She looks. She looks. She always looks great. I know. I just I don't know, but she looked great. Yeah. And then uh, so they're they're basically looking at scans and they're scanning her. And then uh, we go uh, forward to Adira and Stamets, and they do like a uh, a cello piano recital thing together. So I didn't know Stamets played piano. I don't think that was ever addressed before, was it? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I don't. I don't think. I don't think they've had time to have the show's never had time for Stamets to uh, have have character other than being grumpy. So grumpy the, and, and getting uh, infused with tardigraded DNA <laughs> and being in the sport drive. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the few times we've seen him do anything for fun. So uh, it's great. He's, he's a pianist. So he's not a cellist like O'Brien, not a flautist like Carrie Kim, mm-hmm. not right? A, yeah, not a trombonist I, like uh, Riker trombonist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or a flutist like uh, Picard. Yeah. Yeah. What uh Kirk never played anything, did he? 
He played the skin flute. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so uh, then we jump over to Saru, and uh, we get this uh, the uh, Andorian Ryan, who um, the one with his uh, antennas cut off, who was uh, escaped from the scrapyard planet, and he wants to talk to Saru, and he's basically saying <clears throat> that let me go, you know, like he, he let me go because you don't know what you're dealing with. Osira is going to you know do awful things and. Like, well, what do they want you for? And he won't tell her, tell him anything. So, so he's he's being kind of quiet. Uh, then we get to back on the planet there with Burnham and Book, and they are on this forest area, and uh, this is the sanctuary. Apparently, uh, looks very much like Canada, wouldn't you say? So much Canadian, eh? There'd be like maple syrup taps coming out, <laughs> guy in flannel, <laughs> <laughs> like some beer, eh? Oh, they they went to the bathrobe, the green bathrobe planet, where everyone wears a green bathrobe. They always wear bathrobes in the future. I would would really love to see some flannel Canadians uh, show up on this planet. That would be great. A, a Canadian planet. We need a leisure suit planet. Oh, that'd be nice, too. Well, that was sort of like that uh, place in Picard, right? Remember? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that was sort of a where, leisure suit. Where of. Rios was a, was a space pimp who didn't have yeah, any girls. Yeah. Or boys, he didn't have anything. He just dressed up as a space. Didn't have anything. For- didn't even have like, didn't even have like android sex dolls or anything like that. Poor Rios. Yeah. So uh, then, uh, Book and <clears throat> Burnham are captured by uh, the armed inhabitants, and they're taken to Book's brother uh, Kahim, and they don't seem like they like each other anymore. So no. Not not friends, not not at all. Yeah, um, and then we go jump back uh, to Giorgio, and she's getting her scanned, and she's having what could be a cerebral hemorrhage over her uh, bad dreams. So uh, I don't know what is going on with her. They still yeah. haven't described. They haven't anything. described it. They they've thrown out a bunch. Colbert thrown out a bunch of theories. I thought the thing they did earlier was supposed to get her DNA, like you know pinpointed but i guess this new thing is also doing the dna breakdown or atom by atom or whatever but for whatever reason she's too stressed out for them to finish so they stop at 80 percent and she like wakes up and talks about how much she wants Colbert's head mounted on her wall yeah i know right uh back on kuijen i think that's the name of the planet books mm-hmm. planet uh him and uh kahim are still fighting and basically kahim uh books angry that kahim is selling the transworms to the emerald chain and kahim's like i'm selling the transworms so we can get these uh uh sea locusts off so we can actually have food and we can eat like what are we talking about here <laughs> and uh so book basically um uh they and then we find out that the kahim basically got book to come come there and uh because they need uh a rin the uh andorian and they want they want to put him back into slavery so that's one of the reasons so Os- osiris set this whole thing up just to get rin like wh- why is rin that important he was like a slave on a, like a scrapyard planet i don't know and the thing they reveal later makes no goddamn sense. 
that just makes no sense, but it's just it's more of a like that's the big secret. Like, okay, whatever. That's not a secret. You know? Everyone knows this. How is this a secret of all things? So Osiris ships shows up and um Saru's gonna be like at cool. Like we're just observing. And uh, Osiris is not really crazy about what they're saying. So uh, she wants she wants to want a crim, crim, war, criminal Rin, and Saru's like saying, "I'm not uh, aware that Rin was, uh, you know, a fugitive to the Federation." And Osiris like, "I'm not talking about the Federation. I don't give a fuck about the Federation." So it, it's funny because Saru is still operating under like you know a thousand years ago's. Uh, you know, rules or, or, or landscape, I guess. Yeah. And the Emerald changes doesn't give a shit about the Federation. Federation is just a couple handful of ships according to, uh, to the Emerald chain. So, and they go back and forth and basically, you know, it's like talking about, I'm not going to send Rin into slavery. And she makes a, uh, Osiris makes a joke kind of like, Oh, leave it to a uh, Kelpian to bring everything into slavery. So, um, is that still a thing? Like they know she knows Kelpian history from like nine hundred no, something years ago. Really? Well, I mean, I'm sure he knows something about Kelpians. I mean, she's not an idiot, yeah. right? I mean, so they bring they ask Rin to come to the bridge, and then uh, down the planet, Osiris talking to Kaheem and basically saying that uh, obviously she wants Rin, but she's also like, hey, you got book, so let's uh, let's bring him bring him in too or something like that. So yeah, it's a twofer. Too far. So, uh, but then uh, Kahim's not going to do it. He's like, "No way, I ain't going to do it." And she's like, "Okay, well, I'll just start uh, uh, opening fire on your planet." <laughs> so, might as well. <laughs> and so they start shooting. But that obviously, uh, Kahim's like has the uh, defense system on his planet, so it kind of protects him a little bit. But uh, Book and Burnham just run out of there. They don't even like. I don't even know how. Like, where are the guards? They just took off. They just ran up back off into the maple maple forest. Run away! Run away! <laughs> I have issues um, with all these torpedoes like hitting the planet. Torpedoes are supposed to be high photon torpedoes or high yield explosives, and they're like laser bolts hitting the trees, yeah, no. and they just like jump and like they're okay. I'm like, torpedoes should like be taking up acres of. <laughs> damage not well, just and, in a tree and osira does say i'll be uh what does she say she says she'll threaten to burn 10 hecaplates of forest every minute that he you know i don't know what that is i don't know what a hecaplate is but um a he 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 plates but i mean it doesn't matter i mean it's more of those things it's like you're right it should be like <laughs> devastating yeah and this is 900 years in the future these torpedoes should just be like i, I mean like they're they're less effective than a nuke yeah, right. I just I, these things should be so much more powerful than just like oh it um, damaged the tree a small explosion and they just jump and they're safe and they're okay. I'm like no radiation, no you know shockwave from a photon torpedo. <laughs> really? Right, right. Really? I mean, um, and they said torpedoes. It's not phasers. No, they did say torpedoes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Discovery. They bring uh, Ran in to talk and he wants to know what's going on with Syra and he just won't tell him anything. So. Um, and Saru's like, <laughs> why don't you tell me what the hell's going on? Why do they want you so bad? So, and so, and and meanwhile, they're firing away on the planet below. Yep. So, Giorgio 
gets like one of the electrodes that she was stuck on that was stuck on her head and when they were doing her test and she starts looking into what was wrong with her and uh but then Culver shows up yeah and she's like not even in a private quarter she's like in the middle of a corridor somewhere on a computer console (laughs) like what right i don't know it's crazy so uh and then back on the planet book and uh burnham are running through the maple forest and there's like you said things are getting blown up (laughs) very very slowly with very little force it's very bizarre yeah and then uh it it, yeah it's kind of cheesy to tell you the truth it seems kind of like 1980s kind of uh action sequence to tell you the truth yeah um um and then uh what they're going to do is they're going to uh uh, send Detmer and Rin out uh, on bookship because the Discovery can't engage in Osiris ships. So, so the way they said it, like, like that she's going to get punished. I'm like, are they going to like just say it was Michael Burnham that took it? Because Michael Burnham always goes rogue. Are they? Are they, are they? Are they trying to get her demoted like more? Is Tilly is mm-hmm. Tilly now her power hungry? Just wants to get Michael keep demoted so that she can keep her first officer place? Or are they gonna purposely let Detmer get demoted? I don't I don't under I I'm curious at what their motives actually were during that scene, you know? So and I have issues with this, like how could like so I I mean I don't know what Osiris ship is how uh how powerful it is i mean it, it's they said it was armed to the teeth but bookship is like doing you know with detmer flying even with good flying she's like dodging everything it's star wars don't think about it yeah and it's just like i mean it's like i i don't know it's like it's like that's like a warship it's like millennium falcon attacking like a star destroyer well it's it's worse it's i mean it's it's but i mean it's better than poe dameron taking out the, one of the biggest ships in the Imperial fleet, basically by himself, he took took out other guns in the beginning of the Last Jedi. Yeah. At least, at least the Millennium Falcon's a bigger, more capable ship than an X-wing. This is or a heart or or an X-wing is a easier, I mean, a faster target, so maybe they can't hit it as fast. I don't know. I'm just I guess book ship is basically the Millennium Falcon though for Star for Star Wars. It is. I it mean is. Star Trek. It is Star Trek. Yeah, it is. It's totally. It's that. I mean, the cockpit's you know, on the same side. <gasps> It flips around that that Turns center axis later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a hard time with that one. I mean, I didn't mind Detmer being like a badass you know, pilot. pilot. Yeah, I, I had a hard time with the 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 weapon system on book ship could defeat. I mean, I know Rin was like hit this spot, hit that spot, which that's another thing. Like if Rin was tortured and stuff, like how does Rin know all the stuff? You know, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe more information will come out. Maybe he worked with Osira closely at some well, he, point. Well, he said he, he's been in the junkyards for long. He's, he's been all over the ship. He was a slave, and he's had to do menial maintenance on all of her ships. So he knows them inside and out. That's what he said. I guess, yeah. I guess, I guess, yeah. It's, I guess it makes some sense, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I had, I guess it seemed odd to me, but maybe it's just like anything. It's like if you know where to hit, you know. The uh, the Achilles heel kind of thing. It's like the card in Star Trek uh, First Contact. Just shoot this little area. It's got no important shoot, systems. Yeah, in here. Yeah. yeah, it's like those are in vital areas. Don't worry, just do it. Don't worry, it'll it, it, it'll work. Trust me. And then back down the planet, uh, you know, uh, Kamir can't uh, go against his brother, and so he, they kind of like decide they're not going to. He's not going to turn him in. 
<laughs> so all this was for nothing after they had a big fist fight and everything down on the planet. So, uh, and then <clears throat> after uh, Detmer kind of beats the uh, Osiris ship and Osiris kind of like warns Discovery that now we're going to be gunning for the for the Federation now. So don't don't you worry, your comeuppance are coming. We're coming after and you. They, and they warp out of there. I think they should. I, I think Saru should have just blown her out of the air. While she, I mean, like if they shot Osiris ship that, then and there, like who's going to say what happened? Yeah, get rid of the threat while it's basically weakened. I don't know. And then neutralized. And then another they part could of the fire thought, like a shit ton of like I don't know. It just that that to me was like just kill Osiris at this point. Like I mean I know why it is because Osiris is the next big bad. Yeah, yeah, for, a for while, sure. So. And then uh, we get a whole bunch of, uh, like, Detmer is feeling better and talking in the mess hall, all the stuff that she did. So she's feeling great. So she got her confidence back or maybe she shaked off some of that um, uh, PTSD that she was feeling before. And then we find out from Rin that what uh, the big secret is that the Emerald Chain is running out dilithium. So How everything comes down to dilithium. A secret? It's like the whole point like of the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first episode book points out that the dilithium's like the super rare thing, and they're using it as like payment. I mean, yeah, we knew that, but I mean, like it's they're handing it out part and parcel uh, mm. for you know ripping people off for use of dilith- dilithium. So I just don't understand why it's a thing. I mean, what an episode or two ago, uh, Admiral Vance said that the Federation or the Vulcans of the Federation was running out of dilithium before the burn. Like mm-hmm. this isn't a secret. This isn't a, Oh my God. Like a moment. Like they're trying to make it out to be like, he gives this information that everyone on discovery should just know. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like why is, I don't know. I just, it was the dumbest revelation ever. Um, and, and, you know, and, I mean, and that's yeah, why he's so important to, to, uh, uh, what's I, your face? There has to be, there has to be something more. It I, can't be that. It, <laughs> it has, there has to be more. Like he, he must know like her like crack codes or something like that. <laughs> let her, let her into all of her like uh, secret files or something I mean, like that. Or I hope so. Cause that was just the most underwhelming thing I've ever, <laughs> this show has done as far as like a reveal. Or maybe he's got like compromising, um, Photographs of Osiris. Doing she something. doesn't care. She's an Orion. She probably posts those freely. Well, it's like here you go. Later we get uh, Book and Burnham and Kahim walking through the ship with Kahim's son and what's his name? Leto. Leto. Yeah, I noticed that too. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe Leto uh, in the second was just kidnapped. To... <clears throat> yeah, I know. He goes down to the <laughs> Arrakis later. Uh, Leto uh, in uh, in Burnham go to. Uh, Take skin off Linus's face because he was molting earlier. They mentioned he was molting. I still gross. Like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> so the kid can wear um, part of Linus. So we get a little moment where Kaim and Book kind of like make up, and they just you know talk talk it out and say, "Oh, you're still a good brother. You're still a good brother." So uh, even though they haven't talked in fifteen years, uh, and as you mentioned before, we have. Colburn Stamets uh, talking over a sleeping Adira that uh, they've been working on this algorithm to figure out where the center of the burn is and and where to find that distress signal and stuff like that. So, <clears throat> so uh, and then Adira kind of wakes up and they're like, I'm tired, I'm going. And so Adira bugs out and 
so anyways, it's just that, like you were saying, that moment of pride between Culber and Stam. It's like they're like almost like the parents or the parent figures. Kind yeah, of yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it was just a weird little scene. Didn't add a whole bunch, I didn't think, personally. I'm just like, oh, okay. I, I kind of do like the Stamets Adira relationship. It's like it kind of humanized Stamets more for me. I mean, we get moments of that for Stamets, even though he can be like a, a raging dick sometimes. But uh, it's good to see that he can be like a decent person once in a while. So yeah, I mean, like we only had like him being a raging dick like twice this season, which is like yeah, down it was more from- so first season, but yeah, it, it kicks up more and more every once in a while. <laughs> His dick has these dick flare ups every once in a while. <laughs> Cole has to look at it once in a while just to make sure it's not infected. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we get a, a an end sequence with uh, Burnham and Book, and they said that his ship got hit by eight photon tor- t- torpedoes during the fight, so she's going to go help repair it. So, what are all those and, little uh, droids for? Nothing. Like, Leave them alone. She's got to. Do the, she's got to fix it herself. What about programmable matter? Just program it to be untorpedoed. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, uh, I'm just uh, like, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go fix it manually. It's like it's literally the Millennium Falcon. They're gonna go work on it, you know, hands on, just like Chewie and Han. Like really, yeah. and I guess Books wants to join the Federation now, even after he said the suit was the most uncomfortable thing he ever wore. <laughs> yeah, well, it's worth it to make a difference. I guess so. Um, and that's it for the episode. Uh, Dave, thoughts about uh, this episode? The Sanctuary. Um, I'm really glad they gave us that ensemble episode. I just wish there was more focus to it. Mm-hmm. So we had, I guess the A plot was technically going down to the planet. We had the B plot where Giorgio's trying to find out what's wrong with her, which we still don't find out. We've got the C plot where Adira wants to be called they and they play piano and they work on the burn. And then we've got like the D plot with like, um, Ren, Ren, like having some deep secret that like doesn't make any sense. And there's gotta be more <laughs> too. Uh, and we've got the E plot where Saru really wants to come up with a thing to say. Like, it's just like, all it's just <sighs> the episodes going. And then, you know, we've got, uh, the Ryan lady, all who's going to be the bad guy of the series. And I'm just like, why couldn't we just like, keep her in the background for the rest of the season and just like have her be like the big bad next season. Like that would be kind of great. Like do, do a little bit like the most interesting part of the episode was when they were talking about like, there's some distress signal. So did this distress signal start the burn? Like what ship is in there? Is it the enterprise? Is it a really old enterprise that's stuck in there? So is it the freaking J that it gets stuck in the, that oh my ass God. Enterprise Please don't J. bring back the J. I hate that J. <laughs> it's so ugly. It's the worst Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, like, you know, is that the distress signal? Like, it's it's got to, I mean, I figure it's got to be some kind of, like, iconic ship, right? Mm-hmm. That it, That's lost <clears throat> and somehow it started the burn. I don't know. Um, right. I, I, I just, I mean, that's kind of my feeling. I mean, it might just be some no-name ship, but I just feel like if this started the burn and it's been sitting off a signal for a hundred something years. Like what, like what is this? Maybe it's a tie to the temporal cold war. Maybe that'll be what this is. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't think we're going to get the temporal cold war. They haven't even dropped a hint. No. Uh, I, I'm, I'm giving up on my pipe dream that they're going to be smart and go down that fun, uh, rabbit hole. <sighs> I'm, 
I'm just scared the show's trying to do way too much. Like Picard introduced all these plot lines and then just forgot all of them. Uh, I feel like they're kind of doing the same thing with this. They're just uh, maybe they're tying the Emerald Chain into the burn, which uh, I mean, I guess is fine. But I mean, just like why why wrap up all your plot lines in a nice little bow at the end of each season? Why not have something? I don't know if on? I feel they're. I, I don't. I hope they're not going to tie the Emerald Chain to the burn. I mean, maybe they will, but I mean, but, I felt more was more. They're just sort of like the bad guys that are floating around. They're basically the thugs that have taken over at the power vacuum since the Federation receded. Sure, and I mean, I hope that's just the case. I hope, I hope, I hope they're not tied to the burn. But the the fact that they're bringing her in now makes me worried that they're, you know, they're going to tie her into it somehow. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you? What What are your uh, more in depth thoughts this episode? Uh, you know, like I said, I kind of felt this episode fell flat. I mean, I wasn't really interested in seeing Books Planet. Um, nope, I wasn't I'm not either. really interested in trans. I'm not really interested in transworms. I know that's his passion in life, but or trans yeah, slugs trans or whatever they are. I, I mean, like when he goes down to his planet, you know, it's like. Like I said, it's the Canadian maple trees. I mean, it, we know Discovery is filmed in Canada, so I mean, obviously, it's uh, filmed in Toronto. It's somewhere in Toronto or it's in the outskirts of Toronto, which I mean, it's cool. It's close to us, you know. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, like I mean, besides Kahin's, uh office, which was a cool-looking Home? building, wherever that was, you know, it was it had some cool like features to that place, but I mean, it was like. It, it was unremarkable, you know, and <clears throat> I didn't really need much, I guess. I just, and then, like you said, like the, like you were talking about the torpedo explosions were just like, okay, follow the ground now. You know, I mean, it was like, it, it there was no like ground, like exploding under their feet, well, it which was... really should have been the case. Like shrapnel should have been everywhere. Like trees devastated. I mean, Obviously, that budget that would throw the budget like way over the top, you know. Yeah, uh, but I mean, like they did two different things. They were running away from torpedoes they clearly saw in the background. And they were just like barely hurting trees, and then all of a sudden they started falling down to the ground randomly when we didn't see explosions. I'm like, what's going on? It's like they're and they're acting and on opposite. top of all that. They, yeah, and on top of all that, they should, they should be like you know like they should have been talking about the devastation that did to the people of the planet. You know, so um, I don't know. So that kind of fell flat uh, for me. I wasn't really that interested. I liked the Saru trying to find his catchphrase. That was cute. Yeah, I mean, gave me a chuckle, you know, more than once. Um, well, the funniest part was the, the Andorian grabbing the cat and like, what is this, a pet? <laughs> what is it doing? You see, that me? didn't do anything for me. I was like, eh, whatever. But I mean, I, you know, it, it was okay. It was it was fine. Um, I chuckled at that. Uh yeah, I, I thought the attack uh, with uh, uh, Detmer, with uh, Rin attacking Osiris' ship, I thought it was a little unrealistic, especially without support from uh, Discovery, like laying down like cover fire or anything like that. But, I mean, I know Bookship probably has shields and stuff like that. But I just, it just seems odd that their weapons could pierce into their past uh, Osiris' ship's shield. And It was and, a scene yeah. right out of Star Wars. <laughs> It just I had a hard time with it. 
I mean, and I know she's supposed to be like a great pilot and stuff like that, which is cool. I don't mind that. It's just it's more of just uh, I mean, the I, fire I liked I liked Singer Shine. I liked Singer going to a dangerous situation and not like space out from PTSD when like just yeah. like turning the ship around has made her like pause and get scared <laughs> in previous um, episodes. So like. It's weird her going into this like super dangerous situation and being like way better about it and I'm I'm glad she's getting better. No, I like I and, like that too. And she yeah. got to talk. Like we got to see some character from her. We got to see uh the blonde who used to be um Arium. She had to talk yeah. and she had some lines, yeah, she had some characters. Yeah. Like we're finally getting to see some of these people talk and find out maybe not not, not she's getting it's a little, little bit a little bit more, yeah. Had more of like a uh, a Sulu checkoff moment there for a second. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> it know, was like, nice having them talk and like you know have fears or like ideas and like I mean granted we're not learning who she is as a character but like it's better than just her just being set dressing. Yeah, you, exactly. You know, Thank and that's you. that's you, that's all she's been like. Just like Arium, Arium was just set dressing until we had a, an episode all about her, and then they killed her. I'm like, oh, okay. I agree. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Um, the Giorgio plot. I mean, I get they're trying to like. I mean, I think next episode it looks like we're going to get more of that information. Yes, and um, and Cronenberg's going to be back. I'm that's I think that's yeah, the guy I'm most excited about next episode. That and they showed yeah, a, a season one t uh, next gen uniform for some reason. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, I saw that too. So that's cool. But I, I it kind of fell flat this episode. I mean, the the insults were fun. That's about it. I you mean, know, this episode so. just, like, pumped the brakes on, like, the last two episodes of, of progression. Yeah, I mean, it, I just didn't understand what the side plot have to do with much of anything. And, and like you said, when we got the Stamets and Adira working on the algorithm to figure out, you know, and he had Saru trying to, like, zone in on the, the sound. That was all cool. I was like, okay, cool. Nice, nice. This yeah, is interesting. This is like Star Trek. This um, is like Star Trek stuff. Let's do it. Let's do it. And then, oh, and then I, we just, and then we get this other story. I'm like, I don't care about all this other shit. Like, why are we throwing this in here? And then Adira's like, oh, uh, no, Stamets is like, Adira can make this really cool algorithm. And instead of making the algorithm, they're playing cello and piano the entire time they're sitting, hanging out together. I'm just like, what? What are they? T-? And the whole, and every time they talk about the algorithm, it's like, oh, the algorithm's got to do its work. And I'm like, what? The algorithm's going to take longer to do the work than creating the algorithm itself. <laughs> what? Don't you do any work? <laughs> I don't know. Just let the computer do the work. I, I you know, I, in the, the cello uh, duet thing between um, Adira and uh, Stamets, that didn't bother me. I, it was oh, no. Funny. I mean, it, just, it, 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 it me, didn't bother me it's very star trek for them to have a segment where they play old instruments it's just that they were supposed to be working on this algorithm thing and they're just like waiting for it to do whatever it's doing i guess the entire episode which is kind of like boring but it was nice seeing them like do star trek things like play instruments together and and character moments like we actually have to see samets do something that wasn't work uh for once like he plays the piano okay that's something new we're learning about the character yeah we did not know that it's it's good to have character development I'm, this is what we've been dying for it's just unfortunately all this character development happened in an episode that didn't move the plot forward at all right exactly and so it's I, just i mean we got what we wanted an ensemble episode but it just didn't do anything for the plot yeah that i think that's the the biggest feeling is like i, I didn't feel it like moved the plot forward enough and even by the end of the episode they were still waiting for the algorithm to finish up 
when uh, uh, Adira was burning the midnight oil. Yeah, and so like, and I'm still like I said earlier, I don't is is Michael Burnham going to take the fall for Detmer taking the ship out and shooting? The well, ship? obviously there'll be some fallout with Admiral Vance. So he'll be like, you know, Saru, you knucklehead. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. right? Like, is is Saru um, going to take the heat for it? Is he going to get demoted instead of you know? He'll, de- always, he'll always get take the heat. We'll, demo- we'll demote Saru instead of killing him. Yeah, it just it didn't do anything for me, to tell you the truth. This was a little bit like, meh, whatever. It wasn't wasn't that interesting. Um I mean it, it it was just the card it was it wasn't awful, it wasn't great, it just it was okay. It, it, mostly to me it was Books Planet. I just I really didn't give two shits about. I just like I why do we have to see? And I know it was just to introduce uh Osira and give her like her intro scene, you know. Yeah. Eh, whatever. I mean, we'll see more. Maybe uh, we'll get more of a. a I just hope they the don't evil. <clears throat> I just hope they don't kill her this season. Like if they just introduce her and kill her this season, they'll have to come up with the new big bad for next season. I mean, I just know, just right. tease her, and then like we'll like maybe her threat will come to fruition next season. Like I, I would be perfectly happy, and if they just set up a deer in this episode, and not a deer. I'm sorry, Osira in this episode, and then don't mm-hmm. mention her till next season. That would be fine. Yeah. Like, set up a plot point for next season. That's good. You know, if that's all they're doing with it, fine. This is, you know, I guess a fine episode to do on. But if they're going to like tie her in and make her a bigger part of the season, I'd be a mm-hmm. little bit annoyed because there's still so much they need to do. They got to get the spore drive throughout the Federation. We got to figure out what's up with Georgia. We got to figure out what's up with the burn. We got to, I don't know. It's, there's lots of things they've got to tie up. And just adding more stuff just seems like it's going to convolute things. Yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. And we still got to like make a non-human interface for the spore drive so that other ships can use it. Like they they mentioned this, so I, I assume it's going to come up later. I hope sooner or later. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we still got. I mean, you know, they could just wrap this stuff up really quick too. They'd be like, oh, and the whole fleet at the very end has the spore drive, and they all jump to Discovery's rescue. I mean, I could see that happening. <laughs> yeah, probably. No, no Jet Reno either this episode. Yeah, Jet Reno wasn't showing sure it didn't show oh, man, up. So we need Jet Reno breaking his breaking his balls for like pretending to be Adira's dad. <laughs> you ain't you ain't his father. You ain't my daddy. <laughs> you ain't her you ain't you ain't you ain't their father. Yeah, I don't know. I, just it wasn't a terrible episode, it just was like meh. It just didn't do anything for me. So that's just how I felt about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not shades of grey. Yeah, it's not shades of gray. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just, I just I had, I just had higher hopes seeing Jonathan Frank's name in as director. You know, yeah, they kind of gave him like, I'm. It, he had a lot to do in this episode, that's for sure. But um, like, I, I didn't feel like that action sequence. I, I really. The going down the planet was kind of like lackluster because we've seen so many awesome sceneries mm-hmm. in Discovery, and this is like you know besides the CGI um, you know uh, locus that yeah. been put into it, it was just a little like okay. So there's these floaty jellyfishes. Yeah, I, I guess I still don't understand the the book Burnham relationship thing. It's like they're just so hard into each other right now, and they just never even attempted to be into each other the entire year they were together all the time. Like seriously, I don't know. It's just I, bizarre. Honestly, but after you know Ash Tyler, I think 
Yeah, I, I would think that Burnham's on a little on guard, a little guarded. You know, mm. I, I could see that happening. You know, I could be like, yeah, I I fell for a guy before, and he was a giant asshole, half Klingon, had two dicks. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I hope next episode's better. Cronenberg's gonna be in it, so I'm super excited for that. That's my that'll be fun. It will be fun for so sure. So hopefully we'll resolve Giorgio's plot next episode so we can move along with the burn plot the episode after that. Yeah, so I mean that's yeah, episode nine with Giorgio and then that gives us what? Ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, so four more. Four more episodes, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see how it goes. I mean, hopefully they'll figure it out <laughs> for the season. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, yes. if there's anything else that you uh, want us to talk about or think that we're missing in our uh, discussion about Star Trek Discovery, please let us know. You can hit us up at Synthaholics uh, at Yahoo.com. That's our email. You can also talk to us on our Facebook uh, group page, Facebook forward slash groups forward slash Synthaholics. Or you can get us up at Twitter. Twitter uh, handle is Synthaholic Duo. We'd love to hear from you either way. And uh, if the show is something to support, please go to our Patreon, Patreon forward slash Synthaholics. All right, Dave, we'll find out what's wrong with Giorgio next week. Hopefully. Hopefully we'll find out what's happening next week. And just a quick bit of housekeeping before we do go. We'll be taking the last two weeks of December off so yes. that uh, we can observe Christmas since we've been recording on Thursdays. That'll put us into Christmas Eve and Christmas and then New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. So... Um, we'll be... they, they both fall on our recording days, so unfortunately, yeah. and uh, we're just going to take it off, guys. Honestly, show's free. We work hard. We're going to take we're going to take a couple of days off, a couple of weeks off for that. So uh, yeah, we'll so... just have to recap all the episodes in one episode. Yeah, or, or we can just still do one in each, uh, depending on what, you know how how we feel. Uh, anyway, it might be easier just to recap them all in once and. Maybe have more complete feelings because it's just them. Yeah, I understand why they they drip feed these episodes out, but I think also with the show being a, uh, a serialized, I feel like a lot of the gripes we'd have and a lot of the complaints we have would probably be solved if we just watched all at once. Watch the whole thing. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I, I feel like a lot of our gripes just kind of like are just because it's. Of it's- yeah, it's because we don't get the full picture, and we get killed. Be like, oh, what about this? What? What? Why aren't we getting this? Why aren't we getting? And then we get it next week, and and then it's different. But it's not how we thought it was going to be. And then, you know, if we yeah. were reviewing the whole season, it'd be a totally different thing. Yeah, for sure. So uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, doing the three episodes back to back might uh, give us a lot more insight and uh, hopefully give us a more positive outlook on just seeing doing three episodes at once. So should be good so we'll be releasing this episode uh and then two more this month and then then we'll have a two-week break so yeah two-week break exactly mm-hmm. all right guys uh until next week you know what to do live long and prosper one and all well, McCoy, my boy, come me a drink before the night's over i'll puke in the sink and we'll cry till we laugh and we'll both shit off you're the best drinking friend I ever had. There it goes. There's some, um, 
There are some uh, floating jellyfishes uh, on my balls. Oh, are they floating if they're on your balls, though? <laughs> they're floating my balls away. Oh, no. You get detachable ball. Oh, you're you're from Cyberpunk. You've got the detachable uh, private parts. That makes sense. Detachable. Pe- Did you ever hear that song, Detachable Penis? No, I'm not. Oh, you've never. Oh, that was a big song in the '90s. Not big song, but. Um, detachable penis. One of the early one of the people who got to play Cyberpunk early says they did a quest and they got a a, a bat with a dildo on the end of it. God. <laughs> as as a weapon. That's funny. Uh, yeah, at um yeah, there was a detachable penis song. I'm just trying to look it up cuz it was pretty funny. And Cyberpunk it's, not, it's not, not a great song, but it's just a song. Yeah. 